This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. It is outrageous that the prison system has moved Paul Bernardo to a medium security institution. He should be in a maximum security institution. The government should review any powers it has to reverse this ridiculous decision. Mr. Bernardo is a monster. He belongs in maximum security. Well, duh. Yeah, he does. And yet here we are, always last to know in this country when the worst of the worst are moved, released, or given upgrades. And that is the case today, which is why Pierre Polyevra and others are reacting to it. And uh, they move because they can. But the victim's family, certainly the French and Mahaffey, uh, not even a thought, not certainly afforded any respect of a call in this, and frankly, I think uh, you'll hear from the callers, you hear from you, it's unacceptable. Except we live in a country where privacy rights of a sadistic, murderous psychopath are, in fact, more important than the victims who we say we care about. We send our hashtags, thoughts, and prayers, but we actually do nothing to protect them. So why is Mr. Bernardo now moved to a medium security? Is he being primed for release at some point? Well, why else do you go to medium? Let's ask Tim Danson, partner Danson Recht, and of course, longtime lawyer for the French Mahaffey families. Thanks so much, Tim, for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, um, I mean, I know that your reaction was a shock, and I certainly know the French Mahaffey family, obviously shock, um, probably a lot more. But um, as you move away from the decision that we find out, uh, why is it Why is it that the French Mahaffey family don't have a right to know this kind of information or any victim of a violent crime? Well, I think it's, it's completely unacceptable. Uh, and quite frankly, I would go further, given that this is a public institution uh, funded by the taxpayers uh, of Canada, that not just the, the French as the Mojave should have further information, but the Canadian public uh, should be having uh, further information to understand how and why these decisions are made. It's the only way in which uh, uh, there can be you know, public confidence in our corrections parole system. So um, this lack of transparency is deeply, uh, deeply disturbing. Um, I pushed as hard as I could to get an explanation. And, um, and when I hear that, uh, that uh, we're not entitled to this information, neither the Frenches and the Mahaffeys or the general public, because of Paul Bernardo's mm-hmm. privacy interests under Section 8.2 of the Privacy Act, uh, that is, is appalling. And, 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 you know, what they don't say, uh, and we do have a case before the Federal Court of Appeal, which I argued in, in February, we're waiting for the decision, dealing with this very issue about the privacy interests of offenders like Paul Bernardo, uh, is, is that the same section says that the government has to do a weighing process between uh, the, 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 uh, the public interest on the one hand and the privacy interests of Paul Bernardo. Um, they don't talk about that, but what I do know as a matter of practice, because I've been doing this for 43 years, the Corrections Canada and the Pro Board do not draw a distinction between someone who is, uh, does a white-collar crime and is sentenced uh, to a fixed sentence and someone like Bernardo, who's not just convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life imprisonment. He's been designated a dangerous offender. Like that is the worst of the worst of the worst. There's no slippery slope here. We're talking probably one half of 1% of the entire criminal uh, population uh, in in a federal penitentiary. So um, there needs to be an explanation 
that um, uh, how is it possible that someone with that kind of designation uh, is all of a sudden being transferred from uh, from uh, uh, maximum security to medium security? Um, the public has a right to know. There should be a, a, an open, transparent public debate. Uh, so we can determine whether or not these decisions are are valid or not, and what the basis for them are, so that um, we can affect change. And quite frankly, what I don't understand is that if the government thought this was the right decision, then they should have no problem being transparent to explain it. Uh, and maybe with that explanation, uh, the public may have a greater understanding and support the decision. I doubt they would ever do that for someone like Paul Bernardo. Yeah. And when there's silence, like there is now, um, a complete lack of transparency, what that triggers is suspicion and cynicism towards you know, our criminal justice system, which is a horrible thing. Yeah. And, and in my experience, and I'm not saying this is the case, but w- when I met with silence, uh, I'm concerned that what they're doing is that there's people in corrections who are on Paul Bernardo's side. Who they think they can rehabilitate anybody. And it's no one strategy. You move from maximum security to medium security, then minimum security. We have a parole hearing coming up in November, and this seems to be positioning uh, Bernardo to be in a better place uh, for parole eligibility. We'll fight it, but um, I'm very suspicious if that's what's behind all this. Yeah, I think a, a lot of uh, a, a lot of us are. I mean, I just never thought uh, yet we had to argue to keep a guy like this in. Um, but we seem to be normalizing the fact that we have zero transparency, zero accountability from these uh, decision makers, and this this insistence of restorative justice, like everyone can just be hugged a little bit more and they can have a second chance. I, sorry, that it just doesn't exist. And now Bernardo is in a jail with Michael Rafferty who, again, only served six years before he was moved from maximum to medium. Again, another case where no one was told there was this outrage, certainly by uh, Rodney Stafford and the the family. And then you get the same minister saying, oh, gee, this is terrible. We'll we'll look into it. And then nothing happens. And so you've got Terry Lynn McClintock in a healing lodge, and you've got Michael Rafferty now probably, you know, waiting or maybe showing Paul Bernardo around. I think the public in Canada are looking and saying, well, hold on a second. We know we don't have true life sentences in this country, but can we at least you know, make it look like we're, we're trying to punish them? Because the thought, Tim, that a Paul Bernardo or a Michael Rafferty may have people behind them that think they might in the next decade or so, maybe maybe they could have day passes, is so beyond comprehension, certainly to, to most normal people. But I do think, like you, there are people in the system that truly believe that there's something good in these people. Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, the last parole hearing, uh, which was a couple of years ago, um, uh, where there was significant evidence uh, called uh, in terms of establishing uh, Paul Bernardo's extreme dangerousness, which the parole board accepted and denied parole. Um, and um, what concerns me, and that's why I, I return to the dangerous offender designation, which is a very, very high threshold that the Crown has to establish through medical evidence and prove its, uh, its case for this designation beyond a reasonable doubt. It's why uh, the trial judge, um, then Associate uh, Chief Justice Lesage, then became Chief Justice and one of the most respected and experienced and skilled jurists in this country, uh, in designating Paul Bernardo a dangerous offender, made it very clear that he was beyond any kind of rehabilitation and he has to spend the rest of his life uh, in jail. Um, so if we're going to have some movement away from the, the evidence at his last parole hearing, away from the evidence uh, that was presented that resulted in his dangerous offender designation, the public has a right to know. 
and as I say, this is one of the issues that we have argued before the federal court, waiting for a decision. It was in a different context. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, um, uh, talking about the privacy interests, I mean, unfortunately for the, you know, someone in this country who uh, unfortunately, uh, has seen those videotapes uh, more than anybody and seen exactly what he and Homoka did. Uh, what about Kristen's rights? What about Leslie's rights? I mean, we're talking about a the, the high the, the high end of sadistic, um, psychopathic, sexual um, uh, deviation uh, and torture of these girls, and then murder. And and someone's on his side. Um, what about the punishment factor? Part of the punishment factor is that he should be serving his time in a maximum penitentiary and whatever rights and freedoms he has in that penitentiary, that's what he gets. But to move him to medium security, to give him more rights, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't buy it. Uh, but, there, but at least, it may give us an explanation. But, but silence? No. Yeah. And if the minister is outraged as much as he is, which I was glad to hear, reverse the decision and transfer Paul Bernardo back into yep. the Millhaven Penitentiary. Well, he's got the ba- he's got the background as being a Crown attorney, so he knows how this works. Um, having said all that, I mean, thanks to the union, this is why we know this uh, this has happened because it certainly wasn't Corrections Canada that decided to be transparent, but. You know, the French and Mahaffey family, so often in these cases, Tim, um, the victims really do often get forgotten um, it, because the, the, the killers take the, the, the attention. I know that they go to the parole hearings. They know that their job is to keep this man behind bars, but it's got to just be so devastating to them to see something well, like this happen. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Um, and, uh, you know, when I, uh, you know, I've been very close with them for um, 28, 30 years now. Um and uh, when I made the call to tell him this, that they had transferred him, not that they were about to transfer, the call came to me after the transfer was done, which I think was very deliberate, so to prevent any outcry before it was done. Um, but there was that, uh, and I, I hate this feeling, um, uh, where you give them the news and there's immediate dead silence, and you could just feel their pain and shock through the silence. And then, of course, we, we discuss the matter, and uh, it becomes all the worse when I'm unable to give him an explanation because of Paul Bernardo's privacy interests. Uh, he didn't care about uh, Kristen and Leslie's privacy interests uh, when he uh, committed the unspeakable acts that he did against them. So, it, unfortunately for the, for the families, it takes them back to day one. And, um, and there really is a deep, deep despair and anguish and sadness. And uh, it's a re-victimization for, for someone like Paul Bernardo. Uh, I think it's unacceptable. Yeah, I think I think you're being very polite about that. But yeah, it, it, this is one of those cases, uh, Tim, that, that just that even the listeners are just completely outraged. So we'll, we'll wait and see if the minister puts his action, uh, his words into action. But certainly, uh, this this cannot continue down this path. So We'll do what we no. can, and I'll thank you very much for your time. Yeah, well, yeah. I just say for your listeners to 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 write to the minister yeah. and 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 let let the public speak, uh, and let's get some action on this. Hundred percent, absolutely agree. Thanks so much, Tim. Great, thank you very much. And he's right. Uh, you got to call your MP. You got to speak up. You got to say something. Otherwise, like last time with Michael Rafferty and Terry Lynn McClintock, it just becomes a big old, oh, we're outraged, and then a shrug of the shoulders. You know, when you look back to Kristen French, I mean, she she would have been like 47 today. You know, you wonder what she would have gone on to do with her life. You know, the kids she might have had, the grandkids she might have, you know, brought to her parents. And the same thing with uh, Leslie. They'd be 47, 46 years old and uh, their lives were taken. And these families 
all of them, whether it's the French Mahaffey, Stafford, there's just so many of them have gone through this. There's got to be something for them, just the basics of compassion and respect. There have to be at least that, but, but this is a decision that if Margo Mendicino does not reverse it or does not do it, then he is the failure and disgrace that I have come to uh, see him as.